welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it is such a pleasure to connect with you all today. We have an exciting, fun, spiritual, in-depth, philosophical uh, conversation today with the dearest Gabby of Life by Gab on Instagram. She is such a beautiful soul, a future therapist, a woman on a spiritual healing journey. She's a podcast host of her show, The Golden Soul, and overall just really creates and shares from a place of a deep love and appreciation for healing and soul connection and community. And so it was an absolute pleasure to connect and have this conversation for the podcast. We have been buddies on Instagram for I don't know how long now, but we finally got to connect and it just truly made my heart so happy and I cannot wait for you all to listen. I'm sure you will resonate, relate with one, if not all of what we talk about today. Uh, Just to give a little lowdown of what you'll be hearing, we do discuss a lot when it comes to dealing with injury or anything in life that slows you down and takes you out of your typical routine, how this can impact our mental health, our relationship with self, and ultimately for Gabby, how this led to a lot, a lot of inner healing work. Uh, And we do relate this back to a breakup she had and how that ties into so many aspects of life and healing from learning to surrender in the process to the power of gratitude and cultivating more gratitude in daily life and then my favorite part of the conversation is about midway through to the end when we start talking about inner child healing and I wasn't expecting this to come up but as Gabby was sharing about her healing techniques that she's gone through to move through breakup and life transitions and this recent injury she kept mentioning inner child healing. And I was like, ooh, can we talk about this, please? So we dove right in, and I'm so excited because I am now feeling so inspired to look into this more and hopefully find some just more knowledge and tools to help me navigate my mental health and my emotional wellness and just all the aspects of life. So if you're interested, definitely listen. We'll be talking through tools for accessing and working on your inner child, how this relates to our relationships with self and others, and then the importance of play and joy. So this is such a fun episode. There is so much good discussion here, and I'm just, I was blown away by, I feel like Gabby was straight channeling this entire episode, so (laughs) it was pretty amazing to witness and be a part of. If you listen and you do like, you do resonate in whatever way, just want to connect, I'll link both of our Instagrams down below. We would love to hear your thoughts, to chat, Let's have a conversation. That's what these communities are all about. So definitely hit us up. I'm on there at Emily Feichels. Gabby's on there at Life by Gab, linked below. And as always, if you like the show, if you appreciate it, it takes some work. And so it would be oh so amazing. And I would appreciate it oh so much. If you could leave a rate review, share with a friend, share on social media, any little bit of support goes a long, long way. So That being said, I just appreciate you being here and let's dive into today's episode with Gabby. Well, how are you doing today? Is this the end of your work day or do you still have stuff to do today? No, this is the end of my work day. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. currently healing up a broken foot. I don't know if you saw, but I broke my foot. Insane. I've never broken a bone in my entire life. Mm 
Yeah. Um, and it really was so difficult mentally for me because like, I love working out. I love moving my body every single day, yoga, the gym. Like I really like to live a active lifestyle. So it was very hard to just like sit and do nothing for two months. Um, I learned a lot from it. A lot of gains from that experience of just like, you don't know how lucky you are to move your body regularly until you something like that happens, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a good learning experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I saw that and I wanted to talk about that with you today. And I mean, we can like dive right into it if you want, but I I've also never broken a bone and I've always thought though, like what, what will I, what will happen if I do? Because I know my mind, I know like how I function. Like I think I would spiral more mentally than I ever would physically because of like a broken bone. So I, yeah, I don't, I mean, if you have like, I guess what got you through it? Because I, I personally know, and I'm stating it here, y'all I'd lose my fucking mind if that happened. So how did you get through it? Like, I guess, how did you even have the awareness to catch yourself in that state of like, Ooh, this Mm -hmm. is going to be tricky. Just like, how did that even happen for you and work for it? It was really interesting because I view things, bigger picture thinking at this point in my life. It's never about like, Oh my God, the broken foot. Like, I'm like, okay, why is this happening? Why did I break my foot? Like the broken foot is the least of the worries. You know, it's like, something deeper is going on where this needed to happen. What do I need to do right now? And that is probably to slow down. Um, In the beginning of this year, I went through a really difficult breakup and um, I was at my, the lowest point of my life. It was very, very hard for me. That whole grieving process um, in the beginning of that, I started to realize that yet again, it's not about the breakup. There's something so much deeper going on here that has a lot more to do with me and my healing. And so throughout this entire year, I've just put in the fucking work, to be honest. Sorry, I don't know if I could curse. Oh, no. Yes. Swearing is more than welcome. We love it. I'm I'm a swearer. Um, Freedom of expression. (laughs) Love it. So I was put on my ass, but I took it as an opportunity to just heal, like heal from everything that past relationship, put a bandaid over or like past friendships or past wounding, past childhood stuff. I just took this entire year and for the first time ever, put all of my energy into just healing my shit. And it was the hardest year of my life, but easily the best year of my life. No question. My therapist, like session by session would just be like, you're fucking growing. Like every time you come in here, I see the change. And like energetically, I've felt the change. I've seen my external world like change so much. The more I've poured into myself and started to work on my worth and my value and loving myself instead of constantly loving others. So basically to bring it all back around, it was just so funny because a month before breaking my foot, I was at like the highest of highs. 
my brother got married this year in Italy. My sister got married. I'm like, literally, I feel like I was like vibrating at a different frequency. I know that sounds insane, but I was just so happy seeing where I was and where I am now. And then out of nowhere, I broke my foot and I was like a going machine, healing like crazy, but like enjoying life so much, saying yes to everything. All of these plans, my schedule was constantly filled. I was like thriving, but I think that I needed to be grounded in a way a little bit. Like, you know, things were so good for so long compared to what happened a year and a half ago at this point that it doesn't just go up. There are, there's cycles in life. So it was time for me to just like slow down and do less. And, you know, I really kind of surrendered to that. When I broke my foot, I really took it as a sign. I was like, well, you had the best year of your life, the most productive year of your life. Maybe this is a sign to really just like reflect on what you've learned and slow the fuck down. So that is something that continuously kept popping into my mind throughout the past two and a half months when I had to slow down because of this broken foot. I just kept reminding myself like there is a deep, deep purpose in this. And I could tell you right now, there a hundred percent was. And throughout the past two months of me doing less healing in, in a different way by slowing down and not being so productive, there was just so much learning even in that process. So it all happened for a reason. Like that was a low and I mentally was struggling, but I kept just seeing how much can I surrender into this? You know, I'm surrendering into all of the good things in life, but like, yeah, this, this is seen on the outside as bad, but mm -hmm. it's not bad. There's a purpose. Therefore it has value. So that's something that I just kept reminding myself of. And before I knew it, I'm back to normal and back to normal life. 100%. And I love how you mentioned that it was just another cycle, right? And that's that's life. There's going to be highs and lows and everything in between. And I know for myself personally, I get so caught up and wrapped up in those high times. I mean, who doesn't, right? It feels mm -hmm. so good. It It feels like you figured it out. It feels like everything's falling into place. And like you said, I do think we, some of us, or at least myself, I know what you mean when you said that feeling like almost vibrating on another frequency. I would tell my friends, I'm like, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm high on life and I'm not on any substance. I'm like, I just yeah. feel so good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, right. And then I entered like this low, low cycle in like in it all. And it was just a good reminder that like, Emily, don't get too like caught up and wrapped up in the high times, like be, be present for them, enjoy them. But just, I don't know, it was like the reminder I, I also needed of like, I don't know, there's always going to be another lesson to learn. There's always like more work to uncover. And I think also learning to have neutrality. So mm -hmm. accepting that I might be in like a lower season, but it doesn't have to mean it's bad, right? Like you said, breaking your foot, everyone would probably be like, oh my God, that fucking sucks. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. 
And yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> but also you can get so much from an experience if you remove the labels we give it and try to keep look at it from like this neutral perspective or a, what can I like, can I make the most of this? What can I take away from this also? I love that you had that mindset towards it. And I feel like it's probably something you could apply to other areas of life as they come as well. It's interesting because it was like, I've healed so much internally this year and I've really started to notice how much my internal world is just obviously a mirror is mirroring my external world. So Mm -hmm. I was seeing myself go into those old habits of negative thinking and being the victim and oh, poor me. But then I had like my higher self being like, no, there's a purpose in this. We're going to learn something from this. It's time to slow down, like just trust. And it was so cool because if I hadn't done the healing work I did this past year, I probably wouldn't have handled this so well. So it was really an opportunity to take everything I've learned this entire year and apply it to a really shitty situation. It was almost like a test, like how much can I just bask in this moment? Like, even though it's a broken foot, even though every day I can't move my body, how much can I just accept this and be find gratitude in even smaller moments of my day? So yeah, I wasn't able to work out like I normally would, but every day I would stretch on the floor. And I remember like looking at my foot that was broken and I would literally be like, I love you foot. Like, I, at least I could move my, the rest of my body, like, thank you so much for like being able to move. And this is great. At least I could move somewhat. And it's not like I couldn't move at all. So I was really trying to find even smaller moments of things to be grateful for. And um, it changed a lot of my internal relationship with my body I thought I had a better relationship with my body. And obviously it's an ever-growing process as most of us know, but man, it, it it's changed an incredible amount since breaking my foot. And I'm not sure if I ever would have reached this level of just gratitude and appreciation for my body if I didn't not have it working perfectly for three months. Mm-hmm. You know, it was um, an interesting way to get me to really just be grateful. Like having a body is enough. You know, it's not really about, you know, the way it looks or what it can do. Or if you have a working body that you could get from point A to point B, it's enough. So even now moving after that experience, I'm like, this workout is a blessing. Like going to yoga is a gift. These are ways I get to connect with my body. Like it's just a very different relationship I never had before breaking my foot. It always makes me think about on a smaller scale, right? When you get sick and you can't work out or you can't sleep through the night because your nose is fucked or whatever it is, right? And you're sick for three, five, maybe seven days, right? And then you start getting better and I, at least for me, right. And I assume a lot of people feel this, you feel such a gratitude afterwards of like, 
oh, Mm -hmm. thank God I can get back in the gym and I can breathe again and my chest doesn't hurt from coughing, blah, 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 right? And you get this like little spur of gratitude for your body and all it can do. But then we so quickly forget about that until, you know, we get sick again, we like pile things up and our body's like, okay, time to slow down again. We're sick, blah, blah, blah. So it is such a curious kind of like question to ask yourself about how could you cultivate more of that gratitude in daily life? Kind of like what you're talking about now. Like you, you had this two, two and a half, three month stint where you had to practice that every single day. So perhaps it's going to come like a bit more naturally easily, but for anyone that's maybe struggling to tap into gratitude or just to make it more of a consistent thing in their life, do you have any sort of advice or tips, tricks that helped you kind of feel into just the beautiful experience of gratitude, even if things aren't quite going as you thought they would? It's definitely, first off, that's an amazing question. And it's something that I feel like I've practiced for many years now. I feel like gratitude really is, you know, it's a buzzword. But besides the buzzword that everybody's saying, gratitude, gratitude, it's real. It's a real thing thing. It's about just waking up every single day and being so unbelievably grateful. It's about waking up and just enjoying that cup of coffee or that morning walk to the gym where you're just catching the end of the sun, the sunrise. It really is a way to cultivate this deep sense of just, this is my life you know, this is my life. No one else gets to experience this life, but me. And it's then making choices daily that align with how can I cultivate more of this feeling within me? So then filling your days with things that really make you feel that level of happiness and love and abundance and gratitude. Um, I used to do it all the time. I would wake up every single day and write out a notebook, a page of just things I'm grateful for. And I don't do it anymore because it now is a habit and it comes so naturally to me that I don't need to sit there and write it down, but that is a great first step. Just, you know, if you can't, if it doesn't come so naturally to you to say, I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z start just writing it out. And I encourage you to really dig deep and don't just say, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for a healthy body. Really get specific. If you had a phone call with a loved one the night before, I'm grateful that my mom and me were able to connect for 10 minutes over the phone. It made me feel X, Y, and Z. I'm grateful that you know, I'm moving to a new apartment with new experiences and new roommates. And that just seems so exciting for me because I want something new in my life. And it's really just focusing on these little moments. And I know it sounds yet again, silly, but romanticizing your life is a real thing. And it's it's so much deeper than the trend of romanticizing your life, but it's real. Like life is not about the $100,000 paycheck. Uh, 
Uh, I'm sorry, salary. Well, maybe a paycheck if you're making that much money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, it's not about finding the love of your life that you've been waiting for. It's not about hitting your goals or creating all these things. Obviously, those are a part of your life. But if you can scale it down even smaller and smaller and smaller, your life is made up of all of the little moments surrounding those big ones. And there's a lot more smaller moments than big ones. So that's why the more you can train your mind to just focus on these little mundane things in your everyday life, the more you will literally feel your life just blossom into the most beautiful experience. And, you know, I've seen that happen in my life. It doesn't take much to make me happy anymore. I could, I, it's corny, but getting a Starbucks coffee randomly or treating myself to like a morning walk, it's like, it, it, it feels like I hit the lottery. Like it's just, it's insane what training your mind can really do for your overall life. A hundred percent. I I recorded an episode a little bit ago about how I had this startling realization, right? That I I thought I loved life. I thought I loved everything I had built, whatever. And then the one day in the midst of this sort of like low season I was in, it hit me of like, I was determining so much of what I loved about life on these big things, right? And when they started to shift, I suddenly like, I was like, what the, like, I'm miserable. I hate this. Like I was so just down in the drenches. And then I realized I was like, wow, I've completely abandoned all the little things that make me actually love life, you know, like those little moments. And that's like today I was just reflecting and made a little video about like that idea of romanticizing your life. And sure, it is like the the more trendy ones of like going on a date by yourself or buying yourself flowers, like things like that. But it can also be as simple as like you said, like getting your favorite coffee every now and then. Or like for me, I love brewing like loose leaf fresh tea and picking like what selection I want each day. And it just makes me feel all like warm and cozy inside or like mm -hmm. wearing your favorite shirt or I don't know, like sending a text to that one person that's been on your mind. Like there's just so many ways to make the day to day feel better and more present and alive. And I do think it is, it are, it are those things that really make you love your life for like what it is versus focusing so much on those big things. And I think the more grounded you are in these moments and these types of experiences, it's just like opens you up to experience so much more joy when the big things do come along, you know, mm -hmm. you're not depend. It's not like everything depends on you finding your person or getting that job or going mm -hmm. on that trip, whatever it is. It's like, those are all just extras, like the cherry on top. You like your life is already yes. everything you wanted it to be. And so that's like my entire focus for this year is just how can I cultivate more of that sort of experience for myself? So I thank you for sharing about like your experience with gratitude in that way too. Yeah, it's it really is true that it gets to a point where you're like, I'm so good in this life where I'm not, I don't have my dream job right now. I'm not in a relationship. I like don't really have many big projects going on, but I'm so happy. And it's just a really cool feeling because once you're happy alone and once you're happy with these little things in your everyday life that just make you feel so good, 
And you don't need to explain to anybody why these things make you feel good. That's the beauty in it. If if texting this specific person or, you know, making a tea every single day makes you feel like love, then that's the point of life. The point of life is not all of these big things that society tells you. And that's why that's a whole other tangent we could go into. But like, that's why so many people are just chasing after all of these things external from us to feel full to feel like enough, to feel like they made it when we're missing the point in all of it is the little, the secret that I think most of us are starting to learn is you get that big thing and you still feel empty. So it's nice that we're starting to learn and we're starting to see that it's these smaller moments that really make up majority of your life. And once you start practicing this alone, like you said, everything else is like a cherry on top of the cake. It's a beautiful practice. And if you continuously strive every single day to find good in your day, you'll notice that over time, your mind will just automatically go there. It could be being on your commute and listening to your favorite playlist. That's what I do. When I go to work, I do not love my job at all. I am on my way out. I'm going back to school to become a therapist. But during this time, I still need to make money. I need to put myself through school. And you know what? Every single day I go into that office and I listen to audiobooks on the subconscious mind, inner child work, becoming a therapist. And my energy around work has changed. I used to hate my job. And now I'm like, I am so blessed that I have a job that I could listen to audiobooks during my hours and learn something that I'm now going in a new direction for while making money for what I'm currently doing. It's literally these little moments of even when you don't like what you're doing or you don't like the situation you're in, well, find a way to get out of it. Find a way to change that vibration and your energy around that negative thing that you're not enjoying. And it's crazy because now I enjoy work. Now I like work. Now it's just a part of my life. It's not my end all be all. It's just somewhere. It's kind of like my in-between right now. And can I be okay with this in-between area of my life before I get to the end goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is how you do it. You find the joy in these little moments. Yeah. And if, and if you can't find the joy, if you cannot find an ounce of gratitude for the situation, like you said, that might be an indicator of like, okay, well then maybe it's time to look at action or like, what can I do anything else? How can I make this better in any way? So it's like, there, there's like that balance between the internal with the external in that regard. But I did want to go back. You mentioned before, and then with just now as well, like the importance of that internal healing. And it is so true that we all expect change to come from fixing the external, right? Like 
oh, once I get my body to this shape and size, I'll feel better and more confident. And once I look like this and have these things, like everybody will want to date me, you know, I'll be successful, whatever it is, right? We place so much value on the external, but as you've been sharing, there is so much that comes from within. So what were some of these, or maybe just like focus on one, or if there was a few of these internal healing sort of like modalities or mindsets or practices that you relied on in the past year to really get you to this point that you're at today. I know you mentioned there was like inner child and some of those audiobooks you listened mm-hmm. to, but maybe if there's a few or just one that you'd really love to share, I would love to just sort of guide anyone listening in a direction they can maybe look into for more of that inner healing work. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned after this past year is that no matter what you are struggling with. It is an internal wound that is being poked at and is begging to be seen. I don't care if it's struggling with your body, struggling with your job, struggling with your worth, struggling to get out of a relationship, struggling to find a relationship. Whatever it is you are unhappy with in your life right now, me included, it is something internal that needs to be worked on. Specifically this past year, inner child work has changed the game for me. It has absolutely just evolved my relationship with myself and it's allowed me to reach a deeper level of love that I never even knew was possible for another person, let alone myself. So inner child work essentially for me was going into deep meditation. And after I would be, after I would breathe, you know, For about five, 10 minutes, I would reach the theta brainwave state, which is where we kind of are in this daydream hazy state. And we're able to tap into a lot of those internal wounds that are in our subconscious mind. So that's like the sweet spot. That's the spot where you're able to really change like your neurological links and kind of create new neurological patterns. So through that process, I would visualize my five-year-old self. And, you know, my first time doing it, she was, she was definitely standoffish and she was kind of like, where the fuck have you been? You know, she was a little like, what's going on? You're here now. And Through the past year, I've done a lot of inner child work where I'd go in and I would talk to her and I would ask her what she needs from me, what she's feeling, what can I do to help her and be there for her and hold her. And I essentially reparented her. So I gave that five-year-old child what I needed when I was five years old that my parents or my caregivers didn't know that I needed. And it's not to say that my parents, I had the most amazing parents, but every child was missing something growing up. Every child's needs wasn't fully met. 
And something I really struggled with was I learned at a very young age to abandon myself and my needs to become and change myself to become what other people needed me to be. So that's the pattern I caught on to this past year. I was like, wow, for the past 26 years, I have changed who I was to be what other people wanted me to be, to be accepted, to gain love from others. And I started to realize I don't even know who I authentically am. Mm. Who, who am I? Who am I if I am not people-pleasing? Who am I if I'm not the one doing everything for other people? Who am I? What are my values? What do I want for myself? Every time I became friends with someone or I would always be like, do they like me? Do they like me? I would never once question, do I like them? Are they up to my standard within my life? So that's something I learned. Even struggling with my past breakup, I felt really abandoned. But it was just triggering me because it wasn't about my ex abandoning me. It was about me abandoning myself for the past 26 years. And that breakup needed to happen in order for me to heal this. Because without this being healed you continuously will manifest in the same type of people, experiences, relationships to hit that internal wound until you, until you finally turn inward and take a look at yourself. So with inner child work, the more I've shown up for my, my inner child, the less I seeked externally for love the less I seeked externally for validation. So I would just go in there and I'd talk to her and every time it became more and more natural and more and more trusting. And it's the point where I never need to worry about feeling abandoned ever again because that's never going to happen again. I will never abandon myself again to be what someone else needs me to be and to gain love from someone else. So it's incredible. It's empowering. It is life-giving. It feels like I've had a rebirth this year. And honestly, that's what it was. I didn't know who I authentically was until I went in and healed my inner child. My inner child was running the entire show. Until you know your subconscious patterns and what you do to get your unmet needs filled, you will fill them with other people, with other things, with, with jobs, with careers, with all these external things. When in reality, the only thing that could fill that void is yourself. So until you do this inner work, 
these things that need to be healed and we're looking for externally, it's, it's not possible. It will never be healed with something external from you. And inner child work really is a beautiful first step to reconnecting with yourself, rebuilding that trust for yourself, starting to love yourself. Because once you start to care for your inner child, you're like, no, 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 no. Like no one's gonna fuck with her. Like she deserves the best. And once you start to view yourself as that loving soul, your life just starts to change. So yeah, that was a little, that was obviously a tangent, but. <laughs> no, I I'm sitting here and chill. It's like that i a, I think that was the message I needed to hear and I hadn't realized it until you were about halfway through. And I was just like, holy fuck. <laughs> it just like put some pieces together of things that have been coming up and happening for me lately. And I just want to say for anyone listening too, if they're listening to this, right? And they're like, what the fuck inner child work? This sounds like a bit too out there for me, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I know I've been in like this space for a while now and it's just taken me time and being open to the process to finally in like a breathwork meditation class about a week ago, finally connect with my inner child. And I told my friend afterwards, I was like, it was surreal. Like I've been listening to this work for so long and, but I just never really gave it a try. And then the moment I was like open to trying, like, boom, there she was. And now all these things are coming up and that's what like everything you just said hit so deep. So for anyone that's looking to get started in this because it is such like a transformational process to go through. Do you have recommendations for like what type of meditation or if there were like any programs or courses you saw out there Mm -hmm. or even like an audio book just to give people a bit more guidance? Because now I think that was like a beautiful explanation of like how it sort of works and sort of the experience of it. But I I just want to like encourage anyone that's listening if if you felt something in you being like called to everything, like we were just talking about here, like, like jump on it, you know, like actually take action and like try these meditations or try reading this book or like do your own research and see what you can find out there to help you with the journey. Yes. So I just want to, I just pulled up a book um, that I read that is unbelievable. It's called homecoming by John Bradshaw. And this book is a guide to inner child work healing. It is unbelievable. Um, Just to, you know, if you are interested in learning more about the topic, I mean, obviously I'm extremely interested in healing. This is what I'm going to school for. I'm going to school to become a therapist because I've seen how much it's changed my life. And it's always good to understand it before doing it. You know, when you don't understand something, it's hard to really believe it'll work. But this book essentially is about how, as adults, our inner child literally run our entire life. Our inner child is choosing partners based off of the love we received as a child that mimicked the the love our parents gave us subconsciously. We attract what we didn't get as a child. So until you really learn to work with your inner child and love her and nurture her, your unhealed inner child is running the show. And if that's not enough of an incentive to 
want to heal. Like that's, that's some serious shit. And I've seen my life change since doing this deeper healing work. And I attract in different people because I no longer need those lessons that the inner child within me that was unhealed needed. So that book is unbelievable. Meditation wise, I love YouTube. YouTube is a beautiful resource. I will type in inner child work, healing meditation. Boom. You have over a hundred and you know, you can always go back to them, redo them. If your inner child doesn't come up right away, that's okay. That's totally normal. I am very creative. So I have a huge imagination. I am a very visual person. So my little girl came up right away, but I have a really great girlfriend in the same space as me and she can't visualize her. So she'll journal with her inner child, write out what the inner child's feeling and then how she reparenting herself is what she is saying to her inner child. That's another Mm -hmm. amazing way to do it. Um, What I personally do is I'll throw on theta brainwave music, which you could yet again, look up on YouTube and I'll take a a few really deep breaths in and out, get into that theta brainwave state. And then I'll visualize like my happy place, which is always in like this beautiful forest. And there's so many flowers there and trees and I'm just surrounded by nature. And then I'll just picture my little girl with her curly Q hair and like my favorite outfit. And yeah, we're, we're like best friends at this point. And, you know, it's always like, sometimes she just needs a hug. So just, it's a good practice to when you do start doing this inner child work, when you do get triggered, like you see something that hurt you, you saw a girl's body that maybe was triggering to you. Um, you're not feeling good enough. It's a great habit to just close your eyes and literally just like find her, find him and just be like, what's going on? What are you feeling? What do you need from me? And if it's a hug, you hug her. If she needs you to say, you're good enough as you are that then say it to her. Like she needs to hear these things from you. And until she hears them from you, she's going to be searching for them externally her whole life. And it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough because we're waiting our whole life to be saved by everybody external from us. But the only person that can save us is literally ourselves. And once you start doing this inner work, I mean, I really can't say it enough. It it just, it magnifies in your life. You start to attract in healed people as well that no longer need these unhealed lessons and patterns and the toxicity of all these experiences, you start to attract in higher vibrational experiences and people because your inner child no longer is in search for 
this void that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, at that point, it's like our Jay Shetty explained it amazing. He just did a yeah, podcast on like um, his new book, The Eight Rules of Love, whatever. And he was explaining how the gaps we experience in our childhood, whether the love we did or did not receive, the experiences we did or did not have, whatever it is, those gaps are what determine like where we're drawn to nowadays, right? And so it was saying, he was saying how like, if in this case, right, if your inner child's needing this validation and all these things to to feel good, you're attracted to people that are also needing those types of things. And then, you know, if, if you, if you're not both willing to do the work and sort of heal and whatnot, that's when you end up in these relationships where you're just like a couple months or a couple years down the road, you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, like, it's a, it's how a did trauma we get bond. here? Yes, it's a exactly. trauma bond. And I know that's really like played off and kind of joked about on social media, especially, you know, sort of like, I don't know, like, oh, I'm attracted to this type of person because of X, Y, Z. But it's like, honestly, though, like, that's a really sticky situation to get yourself in when this person that becomes such a huge aspect of your world is, you know, you're sort of essentially bonding over like a shared trauma in a sense or a similar trauma. And so I love that this work is, it's like, not only does this impact you and your daily thoughts and experiences, right? But like everything, you're work relationships, your friendships, your romantic relationships, like how you show up in the world, probably like what you end up creating and like the impact you end up leaving on others' lives as well. Like there's just so much that heals and evolves when we do that work starting from the inside out. And it's probably like one of the only true ways to break a cycle or a pattern that stems from within, I'd imagine. This is the most important work you could ever do in your life. This is how you create your life. And two points that I want to bring up is Michael Singer preaches that you attract people in and as long as they don't hit your wounds, you love them. I mean, so you need to find a person that doesn't hit the abandonment wound the unworthiness wound, the unlovable wound. You're trying to match and find this perfect partner that isn't going to trigger you. It's not possible because you and someone else, you guys don't have matching wounds and you're trying to dance around and create this relationship when you both are wounded. It is an individual's job to go in and heal those internal wounds. It's not about finding a partner that's not going to trigger you. It's about looking at the partner that is triggering you and saying, what is this trying to teach me? What internal work needs to be done in order for me to heal this? So when you're unhealed, you're attracting in someone who is also unhealed. That's just how it works. When you are healing, and you take responsibility for your own internal healing work, you're also going to attract in partners looking to do the same thing. So regardless if you're in a relationship or not, it really is in your highest good to get on this journey of doing inner child work. Because the more you do that, the more you will be energetically attracting in others that are in the same space as you. And it's just, you attract in healthier 
beings. My best friend and me at, at this point, we know each other's triggers. Like I know her inner child stuff. And so does she for me. We have the most beautiful relationship at this point because she knows when I'm being triggered. It is so beautiful where like she'll notice it and she'll be like, I know that that probably really hurt you. What can I do to help you? Like this is a best friend. You don't just need romantic partners to help you do this work. Mm -hmm. That is another false narrative. Thank you, society. You need yourself and just other people to hold yourself accountable. And then you hold them accountable for doing this deeper work. And then I did want to mention that you're saying that, oh, doing this work affects everything, what you create. Well, throughout this year, I realized I would always say in my next life, I'll be a therapist. In my next life, I'll be a therapist. I had a deep wound that my inner child was the creative one. Growing up, I was always the creative child. I was the artistic one. I was not good at school. I did not think I was smart. I was in the smaller classes with an IEP and I just really never challenged myself with school because I didn't think I was good enough. I was so scared to even try in middle school and high school because I was so scared I was going to fail that I just Mm. put myself in a box. I didn't even consider doing something as a career that wasn't creative. Well, (laughs) 26, finally starting to heal my internal world. And I'm realizing it has been natural for me since I was like 14 to help others. Since I picked up my first self-help book at age 16, I was obsessed with them. It has come so naturally for me to want to learn about the brain and understand how it works and why people are the way they are that I finally am like, oh my God, this wound was about to keep me from fulfilling my life's purpose my entire life. And since tapping in, since healing, since doing that internal work, I realized I am good enough. I could do anything I want in this lifetime. Why in the next time, why in the next life would I become a therapist when I could do it in this life? So guys, you could be the person stopping you from getting everything you could ever want in this lifetime. And you might not even be realizing it. So that is what doing this work can do for you. It's everything. It just, it allows you to reach this level of worth and love and value. And it's just like, why the fuck wouldn't I be able to do this? And crazy enough, I was so nervous for school. I don't even feel like I'm in school. I love it so much that it is just so enjoyable. I feel so in my purpose. And yet again, I'm like, this is why doing the work is worth it. Because this is the gift it's given me. You start to trust the universe and your life path and things just start to come to you 
it's just, it's something that's hard to describe, but it's so worth it, guys. I mean, it makes me think about how when you are a child, right? Almost like anything is up for grabs. Like nothing seems too far-fetched. I mean, children all the time for the most part, right? Like, I guess not to overly generalize, but like there's that magic and the wonder of being a child in which it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. I want to be this. I want to be that. Like we, we don't see limitations. We don't feel limitations yet. We're so young and we're still developing. And so it's like such wonder to reconnect with that and still channel that energy that we can still have. I mean, this, we, we live in a crazy wild world. Like who's to say what's the limit besides ourselves? I mean, truly, right. There, there are limiting factors and there are situations and experiences that are unfortunate, you know, for some of us, but I don't know, is there always some sort of way to figure something out or to kind of like work towards that dream you had or the wonder you had? I don't know. It's just, I can only imagine what sort of like internal magic you could unlock with this type of work. And on that point too, I think it's neat that you're going back to school now, right? And your experience is probably so different now as a healed adult than if say, say you decided to say, fuck it, I'm going to try when you were 18, 19, you could have spent that entire time riddled with limiting beliefs and doubt And also just like not fully aligned with like your healing nature. And it could have been an entirely other experience. So it also is about like sort of trusting the timing of things, but also like not being afraid to go back to something now because you never know how your experience will change based off of how your internal world has now changed as well. Yeah, that's a beautiful point because I've talked to my therapist about it. I'm like, I wish I knew. I wish I went for it. And she's like, no, Gabby, no, because you would not be in class in your worth without anxiety going into tests knowing you got this shit you would not have this confidence you didn't know who you were then therefore you you couldn't even probably have appreciated the experience the way you're appreciating it now i did want to also mention that i encourage you guys to think about how you were as a child what did you like to do? Like what brought you so much joy? It's true. When we come into this world, I like to view children as like little love bombs. They're, they're just like light. No child thinks they're not enough. No child thinks they're unlovable. No child thinks that they don't have value. They just love so deeply. Have you ever seen a little baby brother hold his little sister for the first time and give it kisses. Yeah. That's just innately what a soul does when they first enter the world. It's the adults. It's the unhealed adults. Lucky Mm -hmm. them that and society and the world we're living in that slowly take that beautiful soul and say, no, Say, watch out, be careful, don't worry, like, don't do that, watch your step, don't play with Legos, don't eat that. It's those slow conditioning, and it's a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. And out of nowhere, the little boy is scared to go bat because he's scared to not, to strike out. 
And then the little girl is scared to dance because she's so scared someone's going to judge her. And that's where our trauma comes in. That's where we become these unhealed adults. And it doesn't go away. It continues the rest of your life until healed again. Mm -hmm. But what I was saying is, think about who you were as a child. What did you love to do? You know, when I was a little girl, I loved to paint. I loved to draw. I've always been creative. And this year, I've started to paint and draw again. And it is so natural for me. And the funniest thing is, is, you know, this whole year I've meditated like crazy. I'm not the best at it, but that's not the point. You know, my mind goes off. But when I paint and when I draw, I don't have a thought in the world. I'm in straight flow. And it's so interesting that I just got the chills. I'm just, it, it's so interesting that we all have these special little gifts that probably are our little ways of tapping in and connecting with ourselves, tapping in and reconnecting with that inner child. So when I paint now, I don't do it to create something. I don't do it to, I don't know, sell it and put it on a graphic tee or create an art piece. I do it just to do it. And there's a beauty in just doing something to not be productive, but just to enjoy the process of creating something. My cousin, who's a builder now, Growing up, he loved Legos, loved them. The entire living room would be piles of Legos, piles of Legos, okay? 25-year-old grown man, he's starting to buy Legos again, and he loves it. He'll go and he just like, he's like, Gab, I get into straight flow every time I do Legos. It's so fun. That's it. That's the sweet spot, that's reconnecting with your inner child. That's letting yourself have fun as an adult. We're not really adults. We're really all just little kids that are growing up mm -hmm. day by day. So if that means eating your favorite cereal and having it with milk in the morning one day and really enjoying that experience and being like, oh, I love this when I was a little boy. Those little moments are a great way to just reconnect with yourself and remember, remember who you actually are. A hundred percent. And I, I love that, uh, that example with the Legos, with the painting, with the drawing. I mean, even with the food, like I, I made a dish the other night that my mom would always make when I was a kid. And I was just floored by the sort of like nostalgia that came back and like the happy feeling I got like all giddy I was like oh my gosh I haven't had this in like 13 years like this is so good and so it is so cool and there are so many like little neat ways that you can reconnect right like we're talking about the meditation and all this inner work but also just at the end of the day like doing something as simple as like starting to paint or draw again or I have so many friends that are now getting back into dance after they dance as a kid mm -hmm. and then quit because of specific reasons, right? And they're now re-entering it. And that's so beautiful to see. Or friends that, you know, always love to do this and now they're starting it again. It's just so neat to see that 
exploration and play and just free flow as an adult. And also, I think as by society, we see all these ideas of what it means to have fun as an adult. And I, that's, this is what came to mind when you were talking there is like, but what if we reconnected to like, what actually brings us joy? And for some, maybe that's staying in and building their Legos or cooking a meal or painting or drawing. And it doesn't have to be the societal standard of fun, which is going out or going to big events Mm -hmm. or going here or going, doing, just like going and doing, right? It could be being with yourself or being with loved ones, doing this activity that like truly like brings you flow, brings you peace, brings you joy and fun. And I think that's where I'm trying to explore right now is like, what does fun mean to me? And I feel Mm -hmm. like this will be a good way to explore that more, you know, reconnect. Yeah. Love that. It's really a coming home. It's a remembering. It's not Mm -hmm. a becoming because it's always been there. It's just deep within. It's under all of those layers. So it's a really beautiful exploratory part of the healing journey. It's a really fun part because this goes back to kind of gratitude. You know, it's not about the job. It's not about the ring, the engagement, the relationship, the dream house. What if life is just about sitting with yourself and painting or making that tea or enjoying a home-cooked meal with a loved one. It really, it is these smaller moments in life that really make up a full, full, fulfilled life. And it's, it's a beautiful blessing to be 26 and to realize this And to know that there's nothing external from me, from you, from all of us that we need to feel full, that it is an internal finding and remembering. And there's a beauty in just knowing that as long as you have that connection with yourself, you're going to be okay. And that's like going back to the broken foot. I was okay. And if something bad happens tomorrow, I'm going to be okay. And when something great happens, I'm going to be okay. It's just about when you have this deep relationship with yourself, it's nothing's going to come in the way of that. And that's the biggest problem we have right now in this world. Most people don't have a relationship with themselves. Most people don't even know who they authentically are. Most are wearing a mask, being what they think will gain approval and gain love and gain society's ideal acceptance. And you'll never know yourself the the deep way you need to know yourself in order to really live a full life. So yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful journey. It's one worth taking. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's hard. There might be a lot of tears. Uh, I definitely had my fair share of cries during inner child work, but it's healing. It's liberating. It's freeing. It's, it, 
allows you to reach this level of deep inner peace from within. And it's something nothing external from you could ever bring you. Well, that's so beautiful. Thank you for <laughs> sharing. And I, uh, I don't know anyone listening, but I know I for sure needed this message today. So thank you so, so much. And I'm, I'm so excited to see where your path and everything unravels and goes in the next year and with everything that's happening. So where can people connect, find you, follow along, see your daily musings? Whatever yeah, yeah, be. of course. Um, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. This was just such a fun episode and I've just loved talking to you. We've been trying to do this for quite a bit now, <laughs> but this was just such a beautiful conversation. I just feel so much gratitude for you. Um, you guys can find me at my Instagram account. It's called Life by Gab, two Bs. And I actually have a podcast where I talk all about these types of topics, inner child work, um, you know, inner healing, therapy talk, a lot of things around the universe, all these topics I absolutely love. Um, and it is called The Golden Soul. So you guys could find me there as well. Emily, I'm going to definitely have to have you on my podcast because I'd love to interview you the way you interviewed me. I think that'd be really fun. And I have a feeling we have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, we could. You remind me of my I, other friend, Nikki. And I'm like, I could talk with you for hours <laughs> and forget that we're even recording. <laughs> literally, literally, I know. But it's, it's so been fun. beautiful. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you.